Welcome to the podcast, No Hesitations. My name is Jade Joyner. I'm an interior designer and an entrepreneur. Each week, I'm sitting down with a variety of entrepreneurs and leaders and guides and gurus to chat about life and business and life and business. This is the good, the bad, and the ugly, the hardships and the triumphs, the mistakes and the lessons. Just like life, business never seems to go as we plan. <laughs> My motto is to always make it happen. Don't wait. Make the best decision you can. Move forward and have no hesitations. And on that note, I have an incredible guest this week, Robert Griffith from Golden Pantry. He's the president in the third generation to run the company with his father, who's the CEO. Golden Pantry is quickly become one of my favorite brands in Athens. They are a group of very talented people. They have a great product. They've just created a new product and it's been amazing to be part of that journey. And I really, really like working with them. Today, I hope that Robert's gonna share his insight on running a family business on running an established brand and how you reinvent that and how you push that forward and also about him and who he is and how he grew up and what his values are. So let's get to Robert. All right, butter my biscuit. I've got Robert Griffith in my studio today. I'm so excited to have you here. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I'm honored to be here. (laughs) And you are the president of Golden Pantry. I am. And how did that come about? That's a that's a good question. <laughs> um, I grew up in the business. Um, the minute that I realized that I wasn't going to be a professional baseball player, <laughs> I started to have quite the appreciation for what my grandfather, my uncle, my father had all created, and um, had some kind of self reflection at a age of sixteen, seventeen, and was like, "This is they've done a lot. They've put food on my table, clothes on my back." education, a house, all those things. And um, growing up in that atmosphere and then being around my grandfather, being around my dad and seeing their passion for the business um, sparked a desire in me. I didn't know at that point in time that I was going to definitely be in the business, but I, I knew that I wanted someday to be able to take part in some way. Right. Um, fast forward to go to college. Where did you go to school? Georgia College and State University. Bobcats. <laughs> Rare. Um, still undefeated in football because we don't have a team. Oh, okay. That's, that was one of the shirts back in the day. That's funny. Um, did that, graduated in 2008 in one of the best economies in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and then on top of that, my now wife, girlfriend at the time, much better half, outkicked my coverage, all those things, moved to Charlotte because she's much smarter than I am, graduated a semester before I did, she went to Clemson University, had an internship at Bank of America, got a full-time job in 08, which was kind of crazy yeah. to think about with the banking industry. Um, and she moved up in August of 08, and then I followed her up there because I really enjoyed being around her, and the whole four-hour thing wasn't going to work. work. Yeah, um, so I, relationships. Yeah, so I took, a, I took a long shot and moved up there without a job in this crazy economy and um, applied everywhere. Um, Dick Sporting Goods, uh, Sam's So you didn't Club. immediately go to the family business? No, no, no. Were you bucking it at that point or were you just like, I want to do my own thing for a minute? It wasn't so much bucking it. Um, I definitely wanted to do my own thing for a minute. Yeah. Um, 
make sure that I could put my feet underneath me and, and, and prove to myself that I could be successful. And then also my dad and I had lots of conversations about not going straight into the business. Um, we're, you know, generational businesses are not new. Right. And there's a lot of lessons learned that are out there. Some people choose to listen to them and some don't. Um, but going out and, and finding my own path and finding my own voice and finding my own skill set, because when you're 18, you don't know anything. No. Even when you're 21, you still don't you know a whole lot. Oh, yeah, yeah, you do. You yeah. think you know everything. Right. Um, and so strategically he helped guide me in that sense to let's go, go figure out who you are and what you want to be. Don't just come to the family business. Right. Um, I will also say, I hope that he wouldn't bring anyone to the business that didn't have a skill set or a value add. Right. Um, cause that's the quickest way to not be in business any longer. For sure. Um, and so went to Charlotte somehow finagled a sales job within the industry. So I called on folks like Golden Pantry um, and other, I was based out of Charlotte, but I had the Southeast region um, called on North Carolina, South Carolina, and a little bit of Tennessee um, as far as my regional accounts. And then um, I had Quick Trip and Racetrack as my national accounts. And was this a planned move for you? Were you trying to be with a company that was similar to your family's business so that you could strategically place yourself as a value add added? Yes, is okay. strategic. I would use the term loosely. Um, <laughs> very blessed in the sense that I was able to find a role within right. the industry. Um, definitely wanted to find something, whether it was a distributor or a manufacturer, or this happened to be petroleum equipment sales and service. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was a, a huge benefit to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I did that for a little over four years before we, my dad and I had a conversation, and he said it'd be great if you were interested in coming back. And um, thankfully, it was one of those that it wasn't like I need to come back, um, right, right? Which was was good. And so I was Meg and I sat down and, and talked about um, is this the right move? Because we were both doing really. Well. I mean, she's still doing very well, and I was, but. From where I was in my, my business, I'd moved up and had a really good book of business from a sales standpoint. Um, really enjoyed my coworkers, really enjoyed my customer base. And um, it wasn't like a, and this isn't meant to be a, an offense to Golden Pantry, but um, it wasn't like a snap, I'm going to come back. Um, Decision. Yeah. yeah. Not I because think it's of, a big deal to go. It to is a big deal. Come I mean, back to Athens, go back to your roots, come back to a business that your grandfather built. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a huge decision to make. You know? Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. We and we took it seriously. Um, that's one of the things. Like, so many family businesses make snap decisions, and I'm not gonna throw any out there, but where it feels right on the on the face of things, mm-hmm. but instead of thinking through all the parts and pieces, um, they just run full into it. And some can run through that wall and, and still be successful, but a lot of times the wrong people get put in the wrong places, yeah. and then end up finding another job eventually that yeah. they don't want. Right. Um, so we thought about it, we prayed about it, um, and my wife, who is my biggest fan and I'm her biggest fan, was kind enough to say, look, we put some roots down, but this has been your dream since since you realized you weren't going to be a professional baseball player. Right. Um, which, you know. So baseball is obviously a passion. I'm catching. It was. Okay. It was. Okay. Um, I grew up. I, I was a pitcher. Uh-huh. Um, so I, from the minute I could play baseball, I played baseball right. all through high school. Um, so 
came back here yeah. at that point in 2013. Okay. So, okay. and then another wise decision my dad made, um, he put me in a somewhat of a managerial role, but not to where I could create any damage. Um, it was an interesting position that Golden Pantry never had. It was their strategic initiative manager, which basically brought me in and then allowed me to train for two months under every different role that we had in the company. I love that. So I spent time with everybody, kind of getting the, the lay of the land and, and mm-hmm. seeing where everyone's passions were, what we were doing. Um, and because of my previous experience, I had I went up and down the East Coast working in different businesses and seeing what they did well mm-hmm. and what they can improve upon. And so I was able to take that and mesh that with my learnings of Golden Pantry. And then from that moment, then think about strategic initiatives, which is in the title. Right. Um, different systems, different processes, things of that nature. Um, and I did that until three years ago, which that's crazy, it's three years ago. Yeah. Um, so then I was promoted at that point three years ago to president. So I sit here now. What does that mean, president? So what, what does that mean for you and your dad? Like he, he's the CEO, mm-hmm. okay. And is he going to be stepping back a little bit and allow, are you doing more things or is it like a hand in hand position or? So it's a, a little bit of a division of labor. I handle, handle in air quotes, all the day to day operations of the business. Um, and then he is more focused on some of our bigger relationships from whether it's real estate or um, a big part of it is he's my mentor within the business yeah. and also outside of the business, but he helps keep me in the lines. Right. Um, I mean, he's got over 40 years in the industry, yeah. so he's got a ton of knowledge. Um, and a big part of what we do on a day-to-day is that we come up with hairbrand ideas, then we flush them out, and then he says, we've tried this before, yeah. it might work now, or we've tried this before and we it didn't work. Right. Um, and so a lot of lessons learned there. So it yeah. keeps me between the lines. I love that. Yeah. So tell me about your grandfather and the whole Golden Pantry story. That's, I'm so interested in this um, because when y'all called us to talk to us about doing design work for you, mm-hmm. I was like, what? The Golden Pantry's calling us? <laughs> Are they, do they have the right number? I mean, <laughs> it was such a funny reaction. And I've always gone to your stores because well, thank you. I love them. Appreciate and the business. I've always thought about really um, redesigning them. <laughs> and like the existing gas stations, I was like, oh, I wonder what I could do in here. Mm-hmm. Because I love the idea that it's a Georgia-based business mm-hmm. and it's a family-owned business. We have a family-owned business and it's all really important to me. Small businesses is my mm-hmm. passion. Um, and so when y'all called, I was just blown away. I was, I thought, what are they doing? And then when I heard what we were doing, I was then double blown away. I was just, it, it was amazing. And now you've created this incredible market. So I want to hear the backup story. Like your grandfather, we were at your facility the other day mm-hmm. and you told me that your granddad delivered groceries in the back of a truck. Mm-hmm. So what's the story? Tell me, tell me the goods. Tell me everything. The truck was an upgrade. So as a kid, he used to be a, a on a, on a bicycle around town, and Athens back then was very different than Athens right now. Oh, yeah. Um, we didn't have the Publixes, the Kroger's, the um, Walmart markets, and all those things. What, um, year, what year was that, or when did he start? I mean, he's he just turned 88, so I think he started out of the womb. I mean, <laughs> he's he's got... 
He's got the most entrepreneurial spirit really? I've ever seen in wow. anybody that and I've ever still, been around. he's still around? He is. Is he, he is. active in the company at all? He is not, no. no. Um, he retired from the company in the well, 2007, 8 okay. range. Um, he saw you coming and was like, I'm out. Uh, no, I don't, think that, I don't think that was the case. I don't even think I was part of the dialogue at that moment. Um, but uh, he started, I mean, I think 12, 13, he started yeah. working. It was a very different era. I mean, he's a Depression-era child, and yeah. um, both his parents worked um, factory positions in and around town, and um, he was born here and raised here in Athens, Clark County, and um, again, there wasn't as much traffic, so it wasn't odd for a 13, 14-year-old to hop on a bike and go and deliver groceries. So he would go and pick up their grocery orders mm. and then put it in ice. I've not seen the pictures or anything like that. I don't know if there are any pictures, but somehow on his bike, he would then, yeah, I I presume so. So then he would take those to the customer and deliver them to their house and then collect payment and then do it again. So was he on salary at the grocery stores? No, I don't think so. So it was his own independent. Yeah, he was his own. Yeah, I think. I love that. That makes me so happy. The original gig economy. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, So he did that. I think that's where it all started, but he's always been an entrepreneur always trying to figure out how to how to make money and create businesses and um, that's where it all started you know then fast forward to 1965 he and the Bells family which are the you know, yes. local grocery yeah, chain yeah. Um, they were in partnership with a he had a wholesale food business um, that was actually based off where landmarks headquarters is it was down right. down in that on that property um, which is just like a wood building, no air yeah. conditioning or heating or anything right. like that. But it was just a wholesale grocery. And grocery back then was very different than grocery now. For sure. You just had folks like Bell's and the very the, the mom and pop shops that, you know, little folks dropped around town. So he had a wholesale grocery store. Wholesale grocery business. Business. That supplied stores. Stores. Yeah, right. Um, and um, from there, the they had this idea. This the the convenience industry was fledgling at that point in time. I think our the any of the associations and things were just you know a few years in the works um, because prior to that you had like oil change and service bays and yes. like it wasn't what you think of a convenience store now. Right. Um, and so I think they got together the National Association of Convenience Stores. I think this was like sixty three. 64-ish, mm-hmm. um, 1963, 64-ish, um, they had a, a national meeting. So now I go to these National Association of Convenience Stores meetings and there's like, you know, 15, 20,000 people there. Right. I think at this point in time it was more like 50, 60. Right. Nationwide. Um, nationwide yeah. at this. And so then they sent, he went, he was a representative for the group, went and then learned about this budding industry of convenience oh, and how it was they were trying to change things and, yeah. and kind of meshing the um the convenient aspect with not being a whole side not being the large grocer but being you know for the the shopper that didn't have a ton of time that wanted to run in and run out right um and so that's where golden pantry came from wow yeah and he so how what was his where was his first store where was his first convenience store gas station and how many do you have now? So July 3rd, 1965, Golden Pantry opened their first store in Five Points. 
Really? So it's not exactly where our current store sits, okay. but you know the Smoothie King adjacent to it? Yes. That used to be the store. Wow. Um, no, no fuel. It was just a, what they called a cash and carry. Okay. Um, and there's kind of another wrinkle to that. So one of the things that the convenience industry came out of was these things called blue laws. Mm-hmm. And so it was it would prohibit sales of items and things during certain times of certain days for grocery stores and large bo- large box stores. And so... Alcohol or just... I don't even think alcohol was a thing back then. Okay. Um, I mean, it's always been a thing. Right. But as far as within our realm, yeah. um, it's not as prevalent as it is now in our business. But it was more of, you know, your bread, your milk, your eggs. So it was government mandated. So the government would not allow yeah. certain businesses to be open. And so... Kind of like Europe. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And so... And this, and I'm not as well versed on this as I should be, but within those laws, it allowed smaller groups like us to to operate. Right. And so we were, that was our first store there, and it was no fuel. It was just eggs, milk, all those things. Your kind of essential needs things. Right. Um, and I'm sure there was some candy and other things of that right. nature, but um, that was the first rendition of the store, um, which then later, uh, I think it was an old Gulf Station, where our store sits now. That. Okay. We were leasing that space, but we had the opportunity to buy that corner in Five Points. So acquired that, moved the store over there, converted it um, to what it is now. Yeah. And how many stations do you have now? How many convenience stores do you have now? We have 37 convenience stores and one urban market. Yeah. So we have 38 locations. That's amazing. I'm, I'm feel blessed every day. So then. Your grandfather built this business. I would love, I wish I could hear all of his stories hmm. about being an entrepreneur back He would then. love to tell you. Oh my gosh. Yeah. You yeah. should have him on your podcast. I would love to. <laughs> I would love to. Please invite him for me. Um, but when did your dad come into the business? My dad came into the business in the 90s, mid 90s. So he actually took a different route as well. Um, he went to Cedar Shoals High School, graduated, and and did not go to college. Um, it was not an opportunity at that point in time. Went straight to business for himself. Um, my grandfather calls him the first and last franchise store in the business. So we've we've got a store in Bishop now. Like if you're going on 441 out, out of Oconee, um, it's on your right. Prior to that, it used to be further down the road. There's an old cinder block building. Um, my dad leased that store from Golden Pantry and ran it and lived in it. That no was way. yeah, that it was he wild. Yeah. So he lived in the back, ran it. He was he may have had one or two employees. Right. But for the most part it was a single store owner and operator, just one person. He knew everybody and everybody knew him and um, that's where he cut his teeth in the business. Um, as far as the time frame of when he moved from that store to another business, I could not tell you, but his next phase was so eventually fuel came into the business it yeah. wasn't always it, it didn't just stay clearly you can see yeah. yeah yeah and so um they were very forward thinking from from their standpoint and decided there's a thing called a, a wholesaler or jobbership within our industry right um so they went out and it took time it didn't just happen overnight right. i'm sure they wish it would have but um, like any great product, it yeah. takes time. Over time, they they built enough volume as far as fuel is concerned to warrant becoming their own 
wholesaler. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. so currently we're a, a, a shell wholesaler. Mm -hmm. So that's why we most of our locations are branded shell. So my dad was running this business called Central Petroleum. Mm -hmm. um, and it was based out of Watkinsville, just on the other side of downtown. And so what he did and his team would, they would handle all of the orders for the, the fuel to be delivered. Um, and then man manage all of the environmental aspects of the business, which being in our business, there's a lot of them. I'm sure. Um, and we take those very seriously and because we make sure that we leave this place nicer than what we found it. Right. And it's not good when you have stuff leaking into the ground. So no. we take that seriously. Yeah. So that was what that how he got even more into the business. And then I think mid-90s, Golden Pantry actually acquired Central Petroleum and brought it in-house. And then okay. that's when my dad jumped over. Interesting. Yeah. Through acquisition. So three generations. Yeah. Um, now, owning my own family business that I hope my daughters join yeah. in eventually, if they earn their right to, <laughs> it's not going to be given, much like your story, it will not be given yeah. um, away. It'll be earned. How's it like, what's it like working with your family? The highs are high and the lows are low. Yeah. I mean, I, you That's hear, a great answer. Yeah. And I, I did not coin that. I've heard that when I first came into the business and um, there's nothing truer. Yeah. Um, so when we're clicking on all cylinders, it's great. And when we have disagreements, you're disagreeing with your dad. Yeah. You know? That's and, tough. I mean, just take it out of the business yeah. side of things. Just being at, you know, your normal everyday life, if you have a disagreement with your parent, that's not a good feeling. Right. So, um, but we have a really good balance. He's one of my best friends. He was actually the best man in my wedding. Oh my gosh. Um, He's incredible. I, oh. I love your dad. Thank you. He always tells me, teaches me something when I'm with him. So, I mean, it's incredible. Me too. I'm yeah. the same boat. Um, his guidance has been crucial to my development and Golden Pantry's development as a company. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, as, like I said, the highs are high and the lows are low, but I wouldn't trade it for yeah. anything. I mean, so many people don't, they see their parents, you know, four or five times a year. I get to see my dad every right. day of the work week and then sometimes on the weekend. Yeah. And I know sometimes I probably rub him wrong and, and you know, he, he gets, I get on his bad side, but right. the, the, the positive yeah. vastly outweighs the negative in that I sense. I love that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, for me, so Graham and I are married, mm -hmm. we work together and that's, has its own challenges, mainly 90% of the time, it's fantastic. Yeah. I would say 10% of the time, <laughs> well, even maybe less, it's like, I've seen a lot of you today. <laughs> I need to go talk to someone else, not because I don't think you're fantastic, mm -hmm. but I've seen a lot of you today. I've talked about work a lot. Yeah. And it's hard, we've had really had to think about like turning, like putting the briefcase at the door, you know, leaving the briefcase at the door oh, is yeah. what our therapist told us to do, you know? <laughs> Just stop talking about work, yeah. you know? But then the other flip side for us is having, you know, family events. So my mom is a designer. I think mm -hmm. you've met her a couple of times. Yeah. And um, she now is working with us as well on kind of a more established, you know, one-off client mm -hmm. who just want a room done or something. Yeah. So um, having a family event and not talking about work or not bringing it up is nearly impossible. Oh, yeah. And my mom is my mentor, and I think Graham's as well because she was a designer for so mm -hmm. long. She knows so much more than I know about things, you know? Oh, yeah. And like you said, she helps me keep it between the lines. When I call her, and I'm like, you're not going to believe what this client <laughs> just said to me. Yeah. She's like, that's their problem. Yeah. You know, you the only thing you can control is your reaction. So 
that is something that we struggle with, and I can imagine at your family events being three generation that you have three generations that you have to kind of. It's interesting. Yeah. Yeah, and I I I, I get to leave and go home to to my wife, and you know she's in a completely different industry. Yeah. So you, with your wife, you get it's like you get to. You I get a break. Get I get a break. break. Yeah, yeah. You you don't. So don't you have to be break. very intentional. Yes. I imagine. Yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, but our family events are. Um, I chew my gum, excuse me. That's one of my weird things. I always chew gum. Is so, that one of your, yeah. like, habits? It is a, That's very much a bad habit. habit to have, though. It keeps, I mean, being in business is stressful. Oh, and so, so it's like a stress relief for you. I think so. Yeah. Um, it's better than carrying a blankie around, right? Or so, smoking. Or smoking. Yeah. 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 Um, I do drink coffee and I enjoy bourbon, but <laughs> chewing gum is my thing. Um, but... It's interesting. So for the folks that are not in the business at family gatherings, it's like two different languages are being spoken. And so we have to be very cognizant of that yes. and realize when we start going to, because it's easy to, yeah. you know, you're, you're talking about and you know, how's your life, all that kind of stuff. And then, well, something pops up on the email and you're like, well, that's a rabbit hole. We get right. down there. Right. You right. see people's eyes glazing over. And so to that same point, we have to be very cognizant and make sure that we're Yes. We, we turn that switch off as best we can, which yes. is difficult, Yes. but then to, to focus on family. Yeah. yeah, it's hard. Oh, yeah. I'm amazed at how many family businesses are in Athens, like generational, oh. you know, handing down, you know, it's it's incredible to mm-hmm. me. A, I've never lived in a small town before, and so maybe I just haven't been aware of it, mm-hmm. but like in D.C., you never hear of it, really, yeah. you know? Um, and I wonder why that is, just because it's a small town and then we have a lot of small businesses, um, not that your business is small. But no, it's, I mean, it's not huge, but it's... it's, it's <laughs> but I, I wonder why. I mean, it's just it, kind of an interesting study to see, like, how many people I know that passed down, you know, have had their business, earned their business. I'm not saying, you know, that it's given. Yeah, no, um, yeah. But have earned that way, you know, and it's interesting. Yeah, that's, you know, it's one of the things that I'm always curious about. Um, and Athens is, in general, because it's, it's this interesting dichotomy of all these different things you've got the the university system and then you've got two amazing healthcare systems right. but then you've got folks like zaxby's and your pie and like metal and pedal and yeah. all these folks that are coming out of it but then what what enables that that going from one generation to the other yeah um so it's interesting i and don't everyone, have that answer <laughs> everyone wants to leave athens when you're growing up it yeah. seems to me like my daughter wants to leave really bad but I also see her coming back. Oh, definitely. You know, we have this joke that she's going to come back and take metal and metal and sell it for parts. And, <laughs> <laughs> and then cruise around the world. And then cruise around the yeah. world. But, um, you know, I think it's a great town to grow up in that you need time away mm-hmm. from it. And then you come back because it's so family-oriented. And when you're really ready to settle down, you know, it's a perfect town. Oh, know? yeah. I mean, we were in that same boat. We, you know, spent post-college years in Charlotte and, you know, I won't say there's certain cities that my wife would have said, Absolutely no. We're not. Right. We're not leaving. We're gonna stay here. But for Athens, it was um, it was definitely a positive. I mean, it was still a struggle moving, but yeah. in the sense of you're not giving up what you have. It's just kind of condensing into a smaller space with right. a lot of cool people and cool businesses and just yeah. an awesome atmosphere. So how did y'all get to this idea of the market? I mean, how did this all come about? And you know, what's the inspiration behind it? So the idea we've. Ever since, even before I was in the business, we'd always had conversations about, we're from Athens, we're in Athens, we've got downtown surrounded as far as stores and locations, but 
we're not in downtown Athens. And, um, and it wasn't just in the sense of we just want a brand there. It was, you know, you've got a couple of different small groups that offer parts and pieces to what we've brought to the market. Um, but there was just a kind of a void there. And especially on that side of town, going towards the east side, it's a little bit of a food desert, unless you're looking, I mean, for restaurants, there's, you know, there's no shortage of restaurants. Right, no, we're blessed um, that way. No shortage of bars, and it's, yeah. it, it's what adds to the, the vibrancy of Athens. But if you are living in or working in or just coming to visit, you can't find a lot of those things that we've got and that we've that our marketing team has put in place to um, meet those needs. And yeah. so, um, yes, one, having our brand downtown was something that we wanted to have. But yeah. then two, if you don't have a need to fill, then it wouldn't be around for right. very long. So we saw the need that... Huge need. Yeah, at least that's what we we took from it. That's what we yeah. gathered from talking to the community at large. And um, so far, it's so been good. good. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, you've been open. I say we because I feel so You're part of it. it. Yeah, oh yeah, y'all. Yeah. Uh, you've been open for two weeks? Uh, feels like an eternity. <laughs> Um, I'm sure. Yeah, two weeks, going on our third week. So this was really a massive decision. Oh yeah. Now that I've seen all the working parts of it, I honestly, even as the design, the designer for y'all, I did not understand really how big y'all have gone. Like you have a full catering kitchen. Yes. You can do tons and tons of catering. Yes. You have a chef mm-hmm. who's working there daily. Yes. Um, he's incredible. Thank you. You have a brand new full menu. Yep. Breakfast, lunch, dinner, and midnight snack. Yes. Which I'm dying to try, but I never stay up past. I know that's late, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) Um. So you really went for it. Yeah, we did. It's a whole new product. We we wanted we wanted to to not just go at it like our normal C store operation, um, because we you know that would have been the easy thing to do would just be take what we currently do, polish it up because. You made it made mention before. We do need some love that's shown to the existing <laughs> footprint. I'm ready. I'm oh, ready. that's 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 the next the next opportunity for us. But um, didn't want to just take and plug and play. We wanted yeah. to create something new um, for twofold. One is that I don't think we would have been doing a service to that neighborhood if we had just dropped in what we typically do. Right. Um, and then two. It's so high end. It's so nice. And you really rose to the occasion. Well, thanks a lot to y'all. I mean, we we appreciate what y'all have done. But then the other part is it it gets us, gets the creative juices flowing from within Golden Pantry to see something different. Right. Um, Not that what we're doing is bad. I think what we're doing is great, but um, change is good. And thinking thinking outside the box is good. It's good. Um, So this has been a really nice shot in the arm um, for the business and for people and Everyone's really excited about it, and so we're trying to figure out how to harness that and move it to whether it's the next market or even taking that excitement and then turning it around on our existing footprint, right? Which we know we need to, to do, and that is on Lewis's next steps. So. <laughs> and that's what one thing I wanted to talk about briefly is your team is incredible. Like Thank we you. have a lot of clients. We we have we love all of our clients, but y'all, your team is smart. They're young, they're but not like young and experience wise. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're very dedicated, and I admire all of the people that you've hired and Thank that you, you have working with you. And I think about it a lot because it's so hard to build a team. Like we're really blessed. We have a lot of great people, and we always have new people coming yeah. in that are great. But 
to keep everybody on point, to keep everybody motivated to, I mean, it's a full-time job. One of my good friends, Peter Dale mm -hmm. um, of the National the yeah, other day, yeah. I called him about big some- Big fan. Big fan, big fan. I called him about some business advice and he said, Jade, remember, you're not a designer. To your client, you're a designer. Yes. To your staff and the people that you work with, your team, you are a people manager. Yes. And it's your job to make sure, and, and Graham's job to make sure mm -hmm. everybody's you know, motivated and going and on point and like you said, between the lines. Between the lines. It's a full-time yeah. job. It's hard. It is. It is. Yeah. So what do you, what's your, what do you, how do you do what you do? Because your people are amazing. Abby, Lewis, Brian, everybody, Jacob, I love them all. They're all amazing and there's a bunch of other names in there too, but I think first and foremost is you just hire really good people. Yeah. Like that's the, the, the hardest part is finding them. Yes. And then getting them, to, them go but yeah but then getting them to to believe your vision and um not mine but what golden pantry yes. is trying to aspire yeah. to um and getting them to buy in and um then it's just constantly like being there yes which is you know there's a million things that i want to do personally within the business every day but i spend a lot of my time maybe too much i don't know we'll find out one day um <laughs> Just being with them in different capacities, just being a sounding board, um, sometimes being a psychologist, you know, um, sometimes uh, yeah. being a, I think most times being Children. a cheerleader, yeah, cheerleader. Um, is the biggest yeah. thing, which I never was in high school. Um, <laughs> You're too busy playing baseball. I'm too busy playing baseball, but um, I think that's the big, it's just keeping them, like, not that they're not positive, but just letting them know that today is a day, but yeah. what we're doing is much greater and longer than that. Right. Like we have a, we, we talk, I talk frequently with folks like, like we've accomplished a lot. Um, especially the last 20 years for Golden Pantry have been, we've kind of continued to operate just as normal. Like we haven't right. had any growth. Right. Um, not in the sense of our stores have grown and sales and all those things, but we've not added any business units. Right. Um, but as is it's been kind yeah of we've just is. been operating yes. which is great i mean, I mean it pays the bills and yeah we em, we employ yeah. over 300 plus people yeah that's we pay incredible. a lot of taxes good, <laughs> all good stuff like we're we're good community and neighborhood yes. people yes um but from where we were to where we are today with the new market opening and we've got a lot of plans like they're like we're moving and things are changing i'm like well just keep in mind, this is like 1.5% of our grand plan. Right. You know, like this is, we're moving the, the ball in the right direction and just continue to stay excited, continue yeah. to stay focused. And if you do those things, then more things like what we just did will continue to happen. Yeah. And, um, but it just I, feels like there's a lot of new energy mm -hmm. in Golden Pantry, you know? I mean, you drive by um, the stores and you, it just feels like a established, um, like I said, Georgia name. Mm -hmm. Then you go to the market and you're like, oh my god! I mean, people are blown away. I mean, they I, really I'm blown are. away. Yeah, they're blown <laughs> away. They're like, so do they have gas stations? And I'm, I'm always like putting my head on, slapping my head on my forehead, like, no, this is a their new product that they've, is, they've come out with. This so. is a, another. It's an extension, um, but the hope is that it creates that it's our own. It's another division within the company. Yeah. Like we're gonna continue to, to love and operate our convenience side, but then diversify a little bit and go the way of the urban market aspect as well. Will there be more markets? That's the hope. Yeah. That's the plan. In uh, Athens? Probably not Athens. Okay. Um, we would like to take this and figure out, we've got an immense amount of data and demographic information um, that we want to use to then figure out where our next opportunity is. I won't say no, um, to new, to markets 
in Athens because there's there might be some other opportunities, but they have to present themselves. Um, but from from my perspective, I think you know other towns like Athens that have a, a large university presence that are smaller that um, that are not we're not that they're not big huge metropolitan areas. But I'm not saying we won't go there either if the yeah. if the demographics fit. And do you have your eye on a couple? We've got our eye on a couple. Yeah. Um, I won't I won't put them into the <laughs> to the the ethos yet. Um, but we've got a great relationship with Landmark yeah. Properties, and um, they're doing incredible. They things. are doing incredible incredible yeah. things. I mean, as far as their industry, they're the top. Yeah. And it's really cool to have that in Athens and to for be sure. able to... Very motivating yeah, for and, business owners. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And there, I'm, I've been really pleased. Um, James and Wes have, have been very forward-thinking in, in their business, but then even in um, having conversations with us and wanting to support us. I mean, it's business still. Yeah. I mean, it has yeah. to, the math has to make sense. Of course. But um, I do believe that they want to see the benefit come back to where they're, they're headquartered. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we have that opportunity to partner in, in different capacities with them, and yeah. um, they're all over the country. Yeah, so. yeah, I know. It's I think they just had to create more beds for all their employees in the mark or something like that. <laughs> I, like, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people there. Yeah. Okay, so tell me. Let's let's continue. Let's step away from the Golden Pantry okay. for a minute, and let's talk about you. Um, My so, least favorite topic. <laughs> how can that? you're a leo like <laughs> leos are traditionally outgoing and i get i just buck trends you know that's that's what it is i'm just the, the awkward one that goes against the grain so <laughs> all right i like that so what is the most valuable thing that you've you've learned in business um patience oh that's a good one patience um you seem like a very patient person i appreciate you saying that i don't feel do like work it. On it i do okay. um well sometimes it's beaten into you you know, uh-huh. it's that like physically? Or, not physically, <laughs> not not in that sense, but just the nature of owning business yes. and and running a business, whether you have it or you don't, you will gain it. Yeah. Um. And I, I've in my six and a half years at Golden Pantry, or almost seven, I guess, but um, I've learned a lot of patience. Some some just normally, but others through experience and and expectations being different than what the real world world presents and so a lot of yeah. times you when you can't do something you still have to you know be patient because opportunity will present itself and um, be strategic really in that sense one. yeah um, and then sometimes Take a breath. well that yeah. and then yeah. even to your point about you know being a leader and you know managing people or, or working with people patience is a crucial aspect yeah. Yeah. because I mean, humans are humans, yeah. and just because you want something when you want it, or you expect something, or you hope that it'll come sooner than later, it might not. Right. Um, that doesn't mean it won't come. Right. Um, with the right um, conversations and being there and all those things, but yeah, patience has been that's, the biggest really learn good. for me yeah. in my my short career. Do you feel a lot of pressure because you are the third generation to? take on this business to be part of this business or is it something that you're taking kind of in stride I think there's an inherent pressure in the sense of I mean I have personal pressure like I want to be successful mm-hmm. what that means I don't I mean I, I think I do know some of it but right. um, I just want to to be successful in my own right yeah and so there's there's the pressure there I mean there's a the pressure of being a husband there's a the pressure of being a father there's the sure. pressure of being a friend and all those things and um, one of the things I always want to do is leave this world in a better place in which I found it. Not saying that it's bad, but I 
course. That yeah. in itself makes me want to strive to be better, and so pressure comes with that. Um, on the family, on the business side of things, yeah, I mean, because if, if you're the one that comes in and it, and it bombs, then it's on you. Like, it's not the, the yeah. past, the other two generations, it's on you. Yeah. Um, that being said, though, I think the, the business itself and the way that my grandfather and my father have structured it, it doesn't have, they've, they've alleviated some of that pressure. Right. Um, they've given me some, so the foundation that's phenomenal to work off of. Um, I'm always in awe of business owners like yourself and, and Graham that are building something from the ground up. Um, I don't. It's super easy. Uh, yeah, yeah. It's super, <laughs> it's, super easy. It hasn't cost me, you know, <laughs> no. my life or anything. It's so, so easy. Yeah, yeah. So I'm very grateful that I'm not, I'm not starting anything from scratch, so to speak. So I've got a great foundation to build off of. My scratch is the future sure. and, and being able to mold that into well, that's, where that's our vision your own is. Circle, right? Like yes. ours is building something from scratch. Yours is taking something that has an established foundation mm-hmm. and making it better, leaving yeah. it better, leaving it better, leaving yeah. it better. That's yeah. yeah. So when you started out in your career, mm-hmm. what do you wish you had known? What do I wish I had known? Um, the value of my time. Interesting. I like that. Yeah. Um, everyone has value. Mm-hmm. And especially from the business standpoint in a career, you have a value, but it's based on your hourly rate of pay or your salary. Right. You can come to it. But then you have your own personal value. Um, and so earlier on in my career, um, and even life, you don't you don't think about your own personal value so much. It's getting things done and, and making a name for yourself and, and being successful. Um but the way I look at things now is not that um, my value is greater or lesser than an, than an experience or a, or a meeting or any of those things, but um, just in the, the sense of my day-to-day and my week-to-week and my year, it's how do I want to spend my value and what do I want to get out of it? And that means being strategic with you know okay. your time, mm-hmm. which is both personally and professionally, and probably more personally. It's so hard. It's really difficult. Yeah. I mean, I know you know. I mean, you're, yeah. you, you, you work and live with, with your, your yeah. co-worker yeah. Um, and owner and all those things. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, trying to – that's something I always have in the back of my mind is trying to think through the, va- the, the value that – yeah. So do you have, like, a, a time management system that you do, or is it more just something of, like, how do you strategically plan your time? So, first and foremost, like family, we always say this within the company, family's first. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that you can just spend all time with your family and still <laughs> get, get a, a paycheck. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. I wish we could, but we're not there. We're not there. Um, but but balancing those things and, and, and being present because the life that you get to live is finite. Mm-hmm. So, work is important. It pays the bills, but family is what makes life enjoyable right. and worth living in that sense. Um, but from a professional standpoint, um, I'm blessed. I have an administrative assistant and she's a rock star. Mm-hmm. And so I've had her for the last year, which has been a profound thing for me because prior I've never had any, any type of any assistance help. and, um, having that firewall between me, um, and everything else yeah. has been immensely beneficial for yeah. me understanding value and having a second set of eyes and ears on what I do. Right. Um, because if it's up to me, I try and cram all sorts of stuff into my schedule. Right. And that's always my pitfall is 
I feel like I'm doing a lot of things, but I'm not really moving the needle. And so having her be the go-between to help me figure out, okay, am I actually adding value to this or am I taking away? Right. It's been just wow. hugely beneficial. Yeah. So I have this great client in Budapest. Mm-hmm. His name was Sunil. And okay. And he um, was from London. Mm-hmm. And he was the director of Citibank for Europe and Asia. He's oh, wow. One of my most fabulous clients ever. He flew me to London to buy rugs and all sorts of stuff. Limitless budget. Those are nice. It was nice. Yeah. It was nice. So anyway, one of the things he taught me, he was kind of a mentor for the six or eight months I was um, his designer, is he worked four hours a day. That's impressive. Yes. He used his time wisely. Yes. And he had multiple assistants who were, well, I mean, at that point it was like multiple countries. So you had to, you know, they all were in charge of like coordinating Mm -hmm. his schedule. And so he would work out in the mornings, answer his emails, get through his day, have his coffee and breakfast. And he went in from 10, 11, 12, 1, 2. At 2 o'clock, he would leave. In between, he would have a lunch, but it would be an office lunch. Mm-hmm. It would be productive lunch. Yeah. And then he always took a client to dinner or something like that. But he said, if you are really good at your job, you do not have to be in your office from you know 9 to 5. You can manage your schedule in a way that it is productive. Mm-hmm. You just need to set yourself up for success. And that's like yeah. my goal because not that I don't want to be in office, but no. like, and I work 24 hours a yeah. day, oh, yeah. but it's really hard for me to be in studio because there's so many distractions and I feel so unproductive here and it's a struggle bus. Oh yeah. No, I, <laughs> I don't get any creative work done here. It's just putting out fires. Yeah. So that's one of the things I'm aspiring to yeah. is to be in studio four hours a day. How often are you in your office? You know, are you able to manage a nine to five work schedule or? We're eight to five. Eight to five. Monday through Friday um, from our support center standpoint, but our business as a whole is 24 seven. Yes. Um, We do take some holidays. Yeah. um, But for me, finding that balance, it's different. I don't have a set regimen of what my expectations are. Um, You know, I think everyone has their different things that work for them. For me, I sprint when I need to sprint and then I rest when I can. And I'm very strategic and thoughtful about making sure that I can rest. Yeah, um, rest and, is important. Yes, um, but to that same point, if I'm in office, I'm, I'm with team members, I'm not thinking strategically, I'm not thinking yeah. about the future, I'm, I'm fighting some fires, but then I'm, you know, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an ear, I'm yeah. listening, yeah. Um, and I'm trying to help others think strategically and, and guide the vision of the company. Um, but I think there's, that's, that's critical too. I mean, that's extremely important. Yes. Um, so, I mean, I think I spend, I'd say 75% of the week in the office, yeah. um, being with my team and, and working alongside them. And the other 25% would be either in the stores or on my own trying to think and, and outside of just the, the day-to-day side of yeah. things. Think about the future. Creatively. Yes. Yeah. I have a um, client who blocks it off on the calendar mm-hmm. and says, you know, unavailable yeah. during this time. And mine doesn't come that way because I have ADD. So mine comes sporadically so that I just leave and go yeah. and do something. But I think it's really important. You, I don't think a good friend of mine just said, and this is one of my favorite quotes. She said, she runs a PR firm and she said, you do not need to be in your business. You do not need to work in your business. You need to work for your business when you're an owner. You need to be 
traveling if that inspires you you need of course you still have to be in studio and yeah. you, know, you can't just live your life like you said yeah you know getting a paycheck and yeah. doing whatever but you need to make sure that you're being inspired mm -hmm. make sure you're in with um locals and making um connections and just sitting behind a desk typing on a computer is not really going to do anything for you i agree yeah and so many times if you're just in the business instead of working for the business you're hindering your business. Like yes. you're hindering your team members from their full potential. Exactly. And so like I'm, I don't want to micromanage. I don't want to, like I want to know the important things. Yes. But I don't want to be in the minutia of like, I have my own minutia I have to work through. Right. You can, you can handle, like you're competent. You're sitting in that seat for a reason. I've I don't need you. to be in yeah. that. Like, exactly. I'm not adding value. I'm actually making, I'm taking value away. Yes. But I yeah. agree like from a, from an ownership standpoint and being in the business, you have to be in the community. You have to, to be networking you have to be out it's gathering. exhausting it, by the way it's, it's not, not it's not, not it's, <laughs> it's for me like yeah, no it is changing like, going out and like you know meeting people after i've already been with people all day is is a lot it's not always quote-unquote fun no you know but it's something that i want to do oh, i think yeah. it's important to do and i love our community mm -hmm. but some days you're like i do not want to go to that event <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I just don't have it in me. Because you've got family, and yeah. then you've got like the things that are going on in your family unit, yes. and then you've got your work, and then that's yes. another layer. But it's it's immensely important to the success of, of your business. Do you practice yoga? I do not. It feels like a lot of your strategies are very like yoga. My wife does. Does I she? Don't. Maybe you gather some know. energy from her. Yeah, osmosis. <laughs> Um, you mentioned that your dad is your mentor. Is that your biggest, is he one of your biggest mentors? He is, I have mentors. Okay. Um, I've been very blessed in that sense. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's, he and my mom and my grandparents um, have been early on in my life and continue to mentor me in a lot of different ways. But on a day-to-day -day basis, he's, he's my mentor in that sense. Um, but in my early career when I was in sales, um, the other sales guy, his name's Rick Turner, um, I still, he calls on us now as a customer, which I is cool. Yeah. Um, but he's one of my best friends in the world. Um, he's been, he had been in the industry for 20 years before I even joined it. And, um, he took me under his wing and we talked about life. We talked about business. We talked about how those interchange. Um, and so we still get together, not even, even off the sales side of things right. and, and talk. And, um, even in my, the sales role, I've, I met some other folks like Golden Pantry that are family owned businesses. Um, one comes to mind, Nisbet Oil Company out of Charlotte. They're a, I think they're, he's the third or fourth. I think he's a fourth generation. They're over a hundred year, year old company. Um, Jimmy White, he's also in a band and he runs a business and Very it's cool. a really cool guy. Yeah. Um, but he, he took me under his wing from a customer standpoint and I've, I've maintained and kept that relationship through there. So I've got, I've been blessed. I've got mentors, not one, but yeah, day to day, it's my dad. He's the one that, that keeps me keeps me straight. I love that. Yeah. I love that. Um, what's your personal motto? Personal motto. Um, and then I'm I'm gonna ask your professional. Professional motto, one. So yeah. <laughs> I've got a couple personal mottos. I think I guess if this is a motto, I just like the way I try and live my life is to leave this world in a better place than that I found it. And again, not saying that it's bad, but just whatever I can contribute to try and contribute. Um, my other one that folks joke around with is D, all of the above. Um, when people ask, they'll come and, you know, whether it's personal or professional, they'll come and say, these are the things that we can do. Which one do you want to choose? I'm like, well, how about D, all of the above? That was always my favorite multiple choice question as a, you know, growing up and taking tests. 
because I do like it's not always one or the other right there's a way to sometimes figure out it might not be at the exact same time but how can we strategically think through these things and do all the above yeah I love that I love that um so Besides, obviously, just conquering the urban market, what what are you? I love that word. I don't know if I if I feel like we've conquered it yet, but I like that word. Well, two weeks, three weeks yeah. ahead. Yeah, yeah, it's early, but I mean, I think you're going to. Thank you. Um, what are you curious about right now? I'm curious about a few different things. Um, I'm curious to see how that does, um, the market. But from the thing that that I often ponder again, both personally and professionally, is um, just giving back. Yeah. It's been instilled in me from yeah. my grandfather to my dad to myself, even from my, my wife and her family and all of their family members. It's just you can't take more than you give. From the opportunity that I've got is that we've got 38 locations, and yeah. um, we have, I think, an obligation. We have an opportunity, um, and trying to think strategically how we give back. I mean, we're, my grandfather started giving back when he didn't have any money. I mean, right. you know, and that's, that's been that way. My dad and we give to a lot of things and we don't tout it and we pro- we'll never tout it. That's not what we, why we do it. Um, but for me and the company and our team members, which are spread out, trying to figure out how to empower them to work with the funds that we've got allocated and that we've been blessed with as a company to then put those into their neighborhoods because yeah. our mission statement is to be a trusted neighborhood store. And so I constantly ponder on how do we do that? Um, and I know folks like Matt Stevens at Creature Comforts and he's running say, their Get Comfort. And we're, yeah. we're, we're big fans of the Get Comfort yes. campaign. Yeah. Um, but I love what he's done and, he's, and the way he's thought through it and... Um, I want to try and mimic and, and then also make it our own in that sense. But he's he's got a lot of really good lessons learned and a really good uh, yes. template. Yeah. Um, and so trying to figure out how we can genuinely, not just on the surface level, but genuinely sure. enable our team members to give back to their neighborhoods. In effect change. In effect change. Yeah. yeah. And then how can we, like not just, like, we want to, time is the easiest thing that we can grant them, but to figure out how to have that multipli- multiplier effect to where, They've got time, but we've got some some funds that we can put behind it. Right. So trying to figure out how we can give it legs and In make a it smart sustainable. Way. Yes. That's our struggle too. We really um, are looking for the right avenue mm-hmm. to give back as well, and it's 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 hard to find it, and it, it is. In a smart way where I want to see instant change. That's my problem. Like I want to. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I, and I believe. Yeah. You know that's hard. Sometimes it takes you know two or three years to figure out how your company can do the right thing for yeah. the, for like you said, like I love the idea of giving back to neighborhoods for y'all because mm-hmm. it is your motto, you know, and, um, but it's, it's a difficult thing and yeah. I don't want to do something that's easy. No, I mean, good that's things are not easy. No. I mean, no. um, most of the time, I won't say all the time, no. but yeah, between that and then, um, we use United Way Northeast Georgia as well mm-hmm. because they are a good steward yes. and we're in roughly 17 counties and they're in, um, just a few shy of that, but right now that's how we do it. But I want to figure, and that does. I want to figure out how to take all those and wrap them into a bundle. Yes, that's something that's sustainable. In case I get hit by a bus, yeah. that we move that ball down the road so that people can take it and run with it. You're really passionate about that. Yes. Oh yeah. I love that. I yeah. love that. Well, I mean, it's been in, like, again from my grandfather to my dad, and in our mission statement. But 
if you have a strong community, that means you have strong potential employees and team members. Right. And if they're good and you pay well or what we can, then that means they could potentially be good customers for us and others. Right. right. And then they take care and steward their community. And it's, it's a big, you know, holistic cycle. And yeah. so, I mean, I, I, we don't want to be one of those groups that just takes. We want to be a group that, that plants seeds and waters and grows and then harvests and does the same thing. You know, yeah. like, I, can, I, can, I can sense your passion on that. And I just read a story about a um, design firm in Utah, mm-hmm. and they did a brand audit of, okay. of their, um, what they're passionate about. And that they decided that what they wanted their company to be mm-hmm. was generous. They wanted That's to like, be generous with their time. And, gener- and that really resonated with me. Yeah, you know, yeah, they want to be generous with their resources, um, and that and that sounds like something that you know is similar to what you're thinking. Yeah. You know, is I, I agree. I mean, I think, and that's like I said, it's been instilled in me from the beginning. Like yeah. I, I'm not reinventing the wheel for us or creating something new. It's just how Golden Pantry and my family has always been, and um, we've been blessed in a lot of ways, and just want to continue being generous because yeah. it's good. It is good. It's not for you know, the pat on the back. It's for, no, you want yeah. to see what, you know, sitting out at this office and just looking outside, you want to see this all continue to thrive and, yes. and just be better than whatever it was before. Yes. So. I love that. Um, okay. I have two more questions okay. for you. Number one, tell me the story of the biscuits. The biscuits. Every location you make fresh biscuits every morning from scratch. Correct? Not every location. Almost. Um, 17. 17. Of okay. the 38. Okay. So, that's yeah, a pretty good that's number. Impressive. Yeah. Um, How did that come about? So that came about in the late seventies, um, which it's funny. The industry that we're in now, convenience channel, um, everyone's trying to get into food service. We've been in it since the late seventies. I know, so and that's what I love. We've got a, a, a leg up, which yes. I love it too. I mean, it's that's a so cool. it's a it's a big thing for us. It's in our DNA. Yeah. Um, uh, that my grandmother Mimi Griffith is the we've got Mimi's kitchens and Mimi's we call them Mimi's biscuits and she is was it not her recipe it's it's not her official recipe okay. I mean she's had input and all those things the name Mimi on all those things is is more of an homage to her and just thank an immense thank you from my grandfather and from my my dad and his brothers because without her Golden Pantry probably wouldn't exist because she worked multiple jobs while having four boys to help keep my grandfather going in this oh business. Oh my gosh, I'm going to cry. Oh my, I'm going to cry. I, I get teared up. I'm a big baby when it comes to <laughs> stuff like that. But it's it's like just the the selflessness that, that's yeah. gone into this business in the very she beginning. She supported his dream. Oh yeah. Wow. Oh yeah, and she is the most selfless person I know. I'm going to cry. I don't need to cry. Um, <laughs> it's okay, it's not on video. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, thankfully, well, minus that thing. Um, yeah, but she's given a lot and... She's also one of the biggest supporters of the of the of the business. Wow. She's that's where she shops pretty frequently and Love um, it. yeah. So, but anyhow, so the biscuits we've got them in seventeen locations. They're Whose all made. Whose idea was it though? I honestly do not know. There's there there are legends and rumors and all those things. But in the seventies, um, there was an individual that was I think out of the middle Georgia area. We had we've got stores and had stores, but was this is let's do this let's let's put some fresh made biscuits because it differentiates us yes and so, absolutely um and i'm probably butchering the story because it's it's so many different different stories that yeah, get, that yeah, get intertwined yeah. 
Um, but we've we had some team members that that said this is something we should do. They were empowered. I love um, that. And then instead I thought of, it was your grandfather's or grandmother's idea. Yeah, it was definitely. I mean, collaboration. A collaboration, yeah. no doubt yeah. about that. Um, because there's one thing I know about my grandfather. He was in everything in our business. Every like, aspect. Oh yeah, it was his. Ba- it's his baby. Yeah, it still yeah. is to this yeah. day. Um, so there's nothing that happened in the company that that he didn't Approved, have his fingerprints or, yeah, on in yeah. some sense. Um, but they developed the the recipe and it's all made from scratch. We crack the eggs every day. We source everything as as local as we can. We make the dough. We bake the biscuits. We fry the you know cook the eggs and all those That's things. Incredible. And it's a lot of labor, but it's a lot of love. And you I mean if we're we're if you ask somebody about Golden Pantry, they don't talk about the fuel. They don't talk about the Coke products. They don't talk about all those. They say the biscuits, yes. Mimi's biscuits. Yes. And uh, that it's is your a, signature. It is, and it's yeah. something we're proud of, and we love, and we're we're thankful for. And but there, but you also have a lot of products. Like, yes, we do have a lot of products that you create, and now of course at the new market, mm-hmm. it's you know times ten. Oh uh, yeah. But I mean, yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. Um. But yeah, made with love every single day. So that's incredible. It is crazy. And I'm sure that as like I didn't believe it honestly when I first came into the business. Oh really? Like growing up, you don't think about the behind the scenes stuff. Yeah. You're just like it's a biscuit. I love it. It's great. Yeah. Um, but coming into the business and finding out how much we put into it, in the sense of, like there, I won't say names, but there's a lot of groups that get them and then thaw them and then throw them in a, a an yeah. oven and then serve them, which they're fine. But we. We take it to the nth degree, and we make sure that it's it's done right, and like your mom would make them, yeah, or your grandmother. So. And your potato boats. Oh my gosh. Those are so good. They're dangerous. Yes, and I'm a carb fiend, so I can't go and get them. <laughs> that's I'm, a oh my gosh. Oh, they're so good. Yeah, that's the toughest part about working for Golden Pantry. <laughs> It's every time I walk in the store, yeah, I want to buy one of everything, <laughs> and I want to consume it. Yeah, and um. I would have to have a completely new wardrobe every other <laughs> week to, to be able to go outside because yeah. I would, yeah. <laughs> um, and the market, what I wanted to hit on too, is that you're making everything in-house just like that. Everything in mm-hmm. the market that you're making is fresh made. It is cooked right there. Your mm-hmm. sandwiches, you can get custom sandwiches. Yes. You can get custom salads, right? Yeah. I mean, it's a whole, it's taking the biscuit idea on a whole new level. Oh yeah. Um, and that's what's phenomenal. Like I went the other other day and had one of your hamburgers. Oh yeah. That's so good. Um, which so, is a first for us. Which is a first for y'all. That's but crazy. everything was made. Like I saw the girl grilling my hamburger, and then someone was making putting my toppings on, mm-hmm. and it was just it was all fresh. Nothing was you know out of a tin can. Yeah. Nothing's so, nothing's out of a tin can. Um, I mean, I had a grilled cheese the other day that was <sighs> amazing. Yeah. And you know, I should expect everything to be awesome, but going in, I hadn't tried it yet, and we went um, this past Saturday, and I, I was, like, blown away. Yeah. This is amazing grilled cheese. No, no, I, like, literally think every day, I need to go to lunch and get something, not because y'all are our clients, yeah. but because it's just, I don't, I have not been able to buy a sandwich in Athens that I can, like, have made my way. Oh. I've actually privately talked to your chef about making me a paleo menu. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, it's coming, it's coming. We're going to make some paleo and Whole30 options. But yeah. first we want to get this going. And, crawl, walk, run. Yeah, yeah and that's, crawl, walk, That's something ride. we definitely want to focus yeah. on is we're not a big corporate, you know, franchise. And so we have some flexibility. We want to be consistent, which is yes. first and foremost. Yeah. Um, safe and consistent. Those yeah. are Those are there, but then... Um, to his point, that's the crawl, and then the walk is, you know, 
evolving the menu yes. to, to meet the, the needs and the desires of the neighborhood that surrounds it. Yeah. yeah. So, so I'm excited like, about it. I am too. Mm. I really am. Yeah. Um, so what's next for you and what's next for Golden Pantry and, you know, what's on your agenda? Well, I mean, we're going to let this new concept breathe for a little bit and a little bit. Are you breathing yet? <laughs> I think I am. Um, it was intense. It was fun. It was... Yeah. Um, Y'all handled it with so much grace. Uh, I will really, and I hope you relay that to your team, mm-hmm. because you handled it with so much grace. No one was frazzled during this opening, or appeared to be, I should say. Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah, the it goes back to having the right team, yeah. and um, I, I'm definitely not the smartest person in the room, and which I'm, I'm grateful for. Right. But they are a bunch of just... They get it done. They yeah. do it professionally. They're passionate about it. Yeah. Then they find enjoyment in it. Like we've yes. had, I've had multiple conversations that this is really tough. Like this was crazy. It's something that we haven't done in 20 years. But on the other side of the coin, it was the most rewarding experience ever, which yeah. to me, like that's, that's worth it in itself yeah. just to have that feedback from my team members to find that fulfillment. And yeah. like, again, we have an amazing foundation, but this is our opportunity to curate something for ourselves and, yes. and bring it from nothing and um we we're I'm, all saying the next one's going to be so much easier <laughs> you always lesson learn and learn from those and yeah, yeah i mean one of your team uh, members i think it's brian he was like i slept probably four hours last night and i was like i hear you i get it and he's like but i'm here i'm excited we're gonna get it done you know and i just looked at him and i was like i promise i will be so much easier because Next time you'll have systems. Oh yeah. You know, in place you'll know what trays to buy, and mm-hmm. you'll know, you know, all the things. And so this was like literally creating something from uh, nothing. This was our, our grand experiment that yeah. has, you know, knocking wood so far paid off. And yeah. to that point, we don't want to reinvent the wheel now. We just invented it. Right. It, our golden pantry wheel. Yes. Um. So let's learn from it and then figure out where we can implement it next. So to your yeah. question, yeah, um, breathe for a minute, but. I don't know what a minute looks like. I don't think right. it's a long time, but um, let this do its thing, get data from it, slice and dice the data, figure out what the next one looks like. Um, because we have our success measures for this one, Yeah. but we want to be able to figure out what success measures look like for other ones and where they are. And there's a lot of different variables at play. Um, so that's one thing, I mean, from the future of, of myself and for Golden Pantry is we definitely want to see that grow. Yeah. That, the market opportunity is huge to us. I mean, I don't think it's crazy to anybody that, you know, we've got Teslas and electric vehicles. And so not having that fuel component um, and being able to diversify in that nature is uh, from my own personal well-being of being the third generation and wanting to see it potentially go into a fourth generation um, is to figure out how we don't have to rely on those those items to bring our customer base in. Because that's always the thought is like you have those things and that's what draws someone in off the road um so we wanted to flip it and be in the path of all the people the foot traffic and and be strategically located so that we could capture that market but not have to rely on those things so uh, we're gonna look at similar markets and and try and replicate that so that's that but then the next thing the next big thing for us is showing some love to the other 37 locations Mm -hmm. um We've maintained them, and they've gotten some some paint and some other things, but we've not done a, a wholesale. New, I yeah, some new signs. Yeah, we've yeah. got inside, and we've got a new logo, and I love the new logo. Yes. We've gotten lots of good feedback from it. 
Um, but I love eat, drink, and be golden. I, I, it's so good. It captures so much of yes. who we are and what we want to be. Yes. And, and yeah, it's it's been great. Yeah. Um, and I love how that tile rug in our new location captures that. It looks so good. Oh, yeah. It looks so good. I mean, it was a pain in the neck. <laughs> <laughs> I think we hand drew that tile rug probably eight times. I believe it. To scale. Yeah. By hand. <laughs> but you know what? It was worth it. And oh, now it so we know it. how to do it. Yeah. And now I know the process of mm -hmm. how to tell the contractor to do it. You know, because mm -hmm. I never thought it would be as complicated as it ended up being. But that was my experience, experiment in design. I'd never done a tile rug either. So I was like, you just do it. <laughs> like, take my design. And no, I literally had to render it. Yeah. Um, there's not a program you just drop it no, in. There's it no program. spits out a tile rug. No, yeah. no, yeah. But now you know. Now I know, yeah. yeah. Did nice. I tell you? I don't think I told you that. We went in and the O was messed up. Did no. I tell you the story? No, no. They had not grouted it yet. So okay. they laid it down and the O was one, it was one um, like tile line off. Mm -hmm. And I just started going, <sighs> No, I didn't order the tile, yeah. and I wasn't the tile layer, and, you know, but I'm sitting there, and he comes over to me, and I was like, wait, you know, I'm trying to be very calm. Yeah. I was like, there's a little bit of a problem, mm -hmm. and the tile guys were super nice, yeah. and he was like, what's going on? I was like, look at the O. Yeah. And he goes, oh, and so another tile guy comes over, and at this point, there's like six of us, and we're all standing there going, what is wrong? Yeah. And I'm like, was it ordered wrong? Can you check my order? I'm calling my design assistant. I'm panicking on her. I'm like look at the rendering make sure mm -hmm. it's right they had just put it upside down <laughs> the o, it was just just flipped. had to because it was an o and you couldn't tell which yeah. side it was on and so they flipped it and it was like the tile guy's assistant who figured it out and we just started clapping and cheering we were like yes it's all good it's all good we have to reorder tile or redo this whole thing i mean it was so funny there are so many little things that i have come to appreciate yeah. about what goes into opening a store like yeah. You know, I've like this is the first one that I've opened in my career, and I've always, you know, in my previous life, saw people doing it, but right. I was never in it. Right. You have to think about everything. Everything. You, yeah. you, uh, you know, you just a lot of folks just think you just walk in. They just threw some stuff in there and opened. Yeah. It's no. There's so much more to it. I mean, no. y'all were a huge help in that. Thank you, but the kitchen part of oh it my. alone. I mean, there's so many different variations. Yes, the the what tools you're gonna use. Um, just the menu you're going to create, mm -hmm. how it's going to work. Um, it's, it, I learned so much oh, about yeah. opening a store, you know, and I've opened one, but mine was a little <laughs> You're getting ready to open another yeah, one, I know, right? I'm about to open That's another exciting. one, yeah. It's really but, exciting. And what about you personally? You have a, um, beautiful wife and, yes. a, and a almost two-year-old Almost two-year-old, yeah. Um, we just, what am I doing personally? We're, we're. We feel very blessed. I mean, we uh, we moved to Athens about three months ago, so we're living that life now. We're really excited about it. Um, we hopefully have some travel in our future. Nice. Um, that's what we've been talking about lately because we haven't, because of all the things going on. How could you? Not yeah. even this, having a child and yes. getting them to, to almost two years. Year. Yes. <laughs> yeah. You know, um, so now we've got some space to breathe and kind of think about what we want to do yeah. and to. Um, enjoy one another as opposed to just making sure this kid lives. So, <laughs> it's which, true. Yeah. It's a lot. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I've learned so many lessons just from that side yes. of life. But yeah. Talk about patience. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. But he, you know, oh my gosh, being a parent. It's incredible. You know, everyone tells you, they say the saying, you don't understand until you're a parent. There's nothing more true than that. Yeah. Like you don't. 
yeah. and it is so rewarding. And um, so that's what we're going to keep doing. It's just um, growing the little man up and yeah. enjoying the moments and, and looking will forward to the future. Will you push him towards Golden Pantry or will you be open to the fact that he may or may not want to join? So Meg and I talk about that and I talk about it with my dad as well. Um, I don't want to, and my dad never pushed me. And I think that's one of the things because I've seen, I've, I know peers that have been pushed and it's mm-hmm. not worked out very well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, I do desire to have a business that's sustainable, that doesn't need a fourth generation to continue to operate. Um, and I think we've got that. Um, but I would like it to be desirable enough that it would pique his interest to yeah. be a part of it. Um, and by the time he's old enough to be in that role or who knows anywhere, what it'll look like, the who knows? Of your yeah, business. I mean, yeah. we've got some big plans and we have some desires and some um, some really long shot goals, and um, that's a big evolution for the company. But it's exciting stuff. So, yeah. you know, and. I guess 20 plus years where we'll be. Yeah. It's going to be fun to see. Yeah. I mean, we have a seven, I have a 17 year old and she's about to go to graduate this year and go to college. That's crazy. It's crazy. Yeah. And, um, what I've learned and I can share with you in parenting is if you push them towards anything at 17, they're going to go in the opposite direction. So when she started going, talking about going to Stanford, uh, which she was just there for the summer, um, my instinct was like, you're not going to Stanford. Yeah. You have a perfectly good university in your backyard and it's free. It, yeah. <laughs> and I started talking like that and she went to the missions office and she got scholarship information. And so then I reversed my thought process yeah. and reversed the psychology of the situation and was <laughs> like, I think that's a great choice and I support you 100%, whatever you want to do. And lo and behold, now she's thinking about UGA again. <laughs> so you can never push them. But I do hope, and I know you will, if he does decide to go down the path, um, make him earn it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely, because that's the path that my dad set for me. Yeah. Um, and I feel very blessed to have had those opportunities and, I mean, continue to have those opportunities. But if if I came into the business without knowing that I could do something on my own, then yeah. it would be a very different set of dynamics to try and work with. Yeah. I mean, when you're... I don't have any, everyone has self-doubt. Yes. Um, I'm not any different than that. But when it comes to the business environment and the professional environment, I don't doubt myself in that. My ability to handle myself in a, in a boardroom or in a meeting, um, and that's not trying to be cocky or, but I've just, I experienced it on my own right. without a safety net. Right. And I was able to make it through it. And so I'm able to come into the family business and, yeah. and see those things and not have to, always hope that someone's going to pull me out of the out of the hole that I get myself in because I'm not hopefully not going what I'm not going to put myself in a hole but that I can I can sustain it on my own. So. Well, but you say safety net. I think of a family business as like the opposite of a safety net. <laughs> like, I mean, honestly, I feel like while I my family is a huge support to me, they're the first people to tell me when I'm not acting appropriately or when I'm not doing something they consider or my creative is not where they think it should be mm-hmm. or if I've misstepped like way more than someone I think people think when you run or you're in a family business that you get a free pass oh yeah it's oh yeah polar opposite no I agree and it's, it's way more challenging yeah so. and there's and then you know being the owner or being in the family there's a whole nother level of expectation there yeah you can choose to embrace it or you can run from it but yeah um I 
I appreciate it. I mean, yeah. you're expected to do more and care more, which inherently, if you do care about the business, you will. Right. Um, but yeah, when I when you go home, you're still metal and pedal. Right. When I go home, I'm golden pantry. Yeah. I can't turn that light switch off. Right. You know. So you go sit at dinner one night downtown, and someone will, like you know. But it's just it is what it is, and yeah. it, it's you can either embrace it and enjoy it or not. And yeah. so. I try and choose, choose to, to embrace. embrace it and enjoy it. Yeah, I love that. Well, on that note, thank you so much for being here. With thank us. you, thank you. It was really fun. Yeah, I've talked to you a long time about lots of stuff, but um, we're really excited about the market. If y'all have not been to the Golden Pantry Market, you have to go. It's incredible. It's at the Mark downtown. It's beautiful. Uh-huh. Thank you. And it's fan. It's just a, a great food, great atmosphere, great people. So one of my favorite new places in town. Awesome. Thanks. Cheers. Cheers. I just want to give a big thanks to Robert Griffith for being on my podcast today, president of Golden Pantry, and it is absolutely incredible to hear someone talk about their life, their business experiences, and I love what Robert said. Um, He said that one of the biggest lessons that he's learned in business and in running his family business is patience, and it's true. We all could be a little bit more patient. So thanks for joining us this week. Next week, I have a really interesting guest, um, but I'm not going to tell you who it is. (laughs) I'm going to ask you to tune in. Until next week.